Welcome to Aesthetically Displeasing, where we talk about all things spooky, stupid, and... Displeasing! Displeasing. <laughs> um, today is a little different. Uh, Melanie is currently surprising her boyfriend in Maryland. So, um, I have Zach and Cody. <laughs> Hello. I prefer Dakota. Oh, sorry. Dakota. It's very professional. Dakota's my husband, and Zach Allegedly. is my, my neighbor and friend. <laughs> Thank you. Only according to the law, but I do love you. Oh, thank you. Me? <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I think I think there's a weird bromance that uh, that happened. That yeah, that's for another podcast. Um, so if you guys listened to our episode zero, you know we talked about all of like what brought us into true crime. So I didn't get a chance yet. I you listened to, to you. it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, are you going to ask us about us at all? Yeah, I'm going to right now. Okay, These are just, yours. This is your zero seconds as opposed or yeah, your zero seconds as opposed to our zero episode. Just making sure. So Dakota, tell us a little bit about you. All right. Put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, by the way. Uh, love the Cowboys, the mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys, not actual Cowboys. Married to the love of my life. We have a son named Xander and he's very cute and I love him very much. What do you what do you do for work? Uh I am in the HR field. I am currently an HR assistant. It's not as cool as it sounds. <laughs> it doesn't sound cool. <laughs> Thank you. Human resources assistant. Very nice. You Thank might you. not know that that's what I it did not know for. that acronym. Thank you. You didn't, did you? <laughs> Uh, Zach, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I'm Zach. Um, I'm over here podcasting for the first time. Um, I've been told I have a decent voice for maybe podcasting or radio. That was me. I don't know if it, uh, translates well. I also said it. But, um, yeah, I'm here. Um, I work at a place called R.R. Donnelly and, um, I'm really not going to bore you with the details because it's <laughs> extremely, think like proofreading tax forms and then you're fine. Oh. Like that's all you need to, you'll fall asleep very soon after. Also would like to say that Zach is in a full velvet sweatsuit and a gold yeah. chain necklace no, or a it's, silver, it's, yeah. silver chain necklace. So this is very important. I did not tell my wife that I was going to do this. However, if anyone is interested in bumper stickers, I am taking the first 10 orders for bumper stickers. I will pay it. All you pay is shipping. If there even is any, I might be able to just send it for free. We'll see. Regardless, I will pay for the first 10 people who message Aesthetically Displeasing's page. Is it? Are they able to message your page? They can message us on Facebook or Instagram, Very or good. they could email us. Very good. First right. 10 people that want to do that in any of those ways, um, we'll send you one. You know, we want to get the name out there and Beautiful. get it rolling. I love yeah. that. See, that's what I mean. That's the support right there, man. Okay, so I already talked about how we kind of met. Uh, well, Dakota's my husband. We met in high school. We're high school sweethearts. The Actually, our first date was at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I swear Cody knew he wanted to marry me because he finished his meal and then I ate the rest of his wings that he was going to take yeah. home. Um, and I already discussed that Zach is our neighbor. We Wait. met we we met because 
Dakota was attempting to push mow our whole yard when our lawnmower was not working. That's right. I remember that. So we borrowed Zach's riding lawnmower. I happened to look over and I was like, I'm not going to let you struggle through that. And I think it helped that my beard was blowing in the wind. And yeah. it just mm-hmm. it made him feel inclined to talk to me. And we found a lot in common. Uh, we like video games. We both like to mow our lawn sometimes whenever it gets too long. We're like uh, just a lot of stuff that yeah, we like do together. Person. Yes. Zach, how did you get into spooky stuff, true crime, podcasts, all that stuff? I I mean, it started with like the supernatural. I've mm-hmm. always been very interested in anything uh, supernatural. Um, but I think it really took off when I met my wife, Morgan. Um, and she really hyped me up on everything. Uh, she's the reason I got into true crime. Oh, really? Yeah. Or like murder mystery because I wasn't a big fan before. But then she um, she really like opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and true true crime itself is just insane. Some of the stories... I can't even, I don't even know how to like begin to emotionally process some things. Yeah. Is there like a specific supernatural or true crime case that like kind of like sticks with you, gets you? Mm. There are so many that come to mind. Um, Like a lot of the big ones, obviously, like John Wayne Gacy. Mm -hmm. Um, I am trying to think, it's on the tip of my tongue, the uh, murder hotel like one of the original serial killers, the H.H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. That was probably the biggest moment where I was like, serial killers. They're oh. nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were so many serial killers in the 70s and 80s, and it's because they had mommy and daddy issues because the men went away to war. So they didn't have a male figure yeah. in their life. And. I don't know a serial killer who doesn't have mommy issues. So. I mean, it is amazing how many like focal points there are on like women in their life, mm-hmm. uh, specifically like mother figures that they they just obsess over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dakota, do you have anything that specifically got you into spooky stuff, true crime? Growing up, I had a lot of spooky things happen to me. Um, a lot sure of did. paranormal things, as my wife knows. I mm-hmm. think Zach even knows a couple of the couple yeah. of the things. Um, I'll save that for another time. Um, yeah, we want you on to tell us all your. I'd like your to. Stories. I'd like to get on. I'd like to have my friend Zach here, just because Zach is a very. He doesn't know the stories. He'll give you a very honest reaction. Yes, I will too. And I think that's going to work out well. So we won't go into it too much, but. There's been a lot of freaky stuff that I can't explain. Um, You'll hear me gasping in the background. <gasps> yeah. Oh <laughs> I can probably go on for about an hour about it. Um, so we'll save that yeah. for another time. Uh, but that definitely got me into the paranormal because I realized, well, if I'm living it, then I might as well try to understand it and almost embrace it. Mm-hmm. Um, true crime, just like anybody else. I mean, well, I assume. I don't know how people don't appreciate it. Um, it's, it's messed up, but it's one of, it's, it's like a guilty pleasure. Like Mm -hmm. you watch it and you're disgusted and you wish that it never happened, but you're happy that you can like know what happened, I guess is. I think people are very curious about the psychology of what makes people do what they do. I, yes, I agree. I don't, I don't want to mention like syndicated TV shows or anything for branding issues, but like Mindhunter. 
I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen Mind Hunter at yeah. all. Uh, today I am going to be talking about Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Hmm. Do you guys both know who Ed Gein is? Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspiration. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I actually had no idea, so I'm very interested. Really? Yes. Okay. And yeah. spoiler alert, it was in Wisconsin, correct? Okay, yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Other than that, I really don't know the story. So, so it's all you. I never have researched Ed Gein. So Cassidy, my, my sister, called me, and she was talking about the Jeffrey Dahmer files that's on netflix and she was like i really wish that you would do ed gein one of these days so this one's for cassidy awesome <laughs> cassidy amazing person just the best person you will ever meet absolutely <laughs> stunning and her beautiful hopefully wife soon is also i i deserve deserving of a shout out as well as caden um as far as the the uh not to get too far off but i do want to share a story with you guys about what my wife told me about the jeffrey Dahmer files she has the audacity to tell me that she didn't want to watch it because she doesn't like the fact that they're glorifying murderers i had to remind her that she started a podcast (laughs) that literally glorifies murderers yes if you have any input on that i don't like when people make jokes about serial killers because there are victims behind that that i think should not be dwindled down to you know a joke about i I do agree um about the victims you know everybody just every now and then you do hear you know that Dahmer joke and it gets you out of nowhere and i i do appreciate it but i get where you're coming from Mm -hmm. you know what you're i i get i get it it is morally wrong for me to laugh at it correct however <laughs> sorry I'm, it, I'm... It, it's like um those those serial killers are not like somebody that you know just did it that's something but like if you're talking about jack the ripper i feel like mm-hmm. enough time has passed where people are more accepting yeah or talking about ed Gein. so you know what you are the last person that I'm gonna, <laughs> that I'm gonna take this from because there there might be a couple jokes along the way and I apologize. You know, in Ed Gein just died in 1984. I did not, so let's move on with the story. <laughs> that that probably means that there's still some like um, recent trauma. Mm-hmm. I would assume, yeah, there some very alive victims, as opposed maybe, to maybe, correct. Maybe Jack the Ripper was 1800s. Yeah, I think so. 16, you should do one over Jack the Ripper. I do not like Jack the Ripper. It you know that they found out who it was, right? No. Look it up. It's interesting. Is it from same a, with the Golden State? I was going to say astrology. That is stars. Astronomy. Is that from? Um, it is astrology, like family history. Yeah. So Edward Theodore Gein was born August twenty seventh, nineteen o six, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, to George and Augusta Gein. Ed also had an older brother, Henry. Um, I think he was born in like 1901. So a little bit of, they're five years apart. Augusta was a devout Lutheran and would often preach to her sons. She read the Bible every afternoon to the boys and focused on the Old Testament and the book of Revelations. I don't know if you guys are familiar with either of those things. I've never heard of either of those in my life. So the book of Revelations is like 
um, the second coming of Jesus. Wait, are you? Being, you said you were joking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That yeah, that was that was supposed <laughs> to be me, like making an obvious joke. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. I in fact have never heard of these. So, anyways, um, real quick fact: Quick Start and Farm and Fleet are from Lacrosse, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. I knew you were gonna say that. Absolutely. Represent. <laughs> quick Start is the goat. If uh, if you guys want to, sp- if you guys want to sponsor us, we will probably pay you to do it. Okay, um, let's not make those offers. <laughs> but I, I will live off of Quick Start breadsticks. Quick Start is fantastic. Quick, That's all it costs. Quick Star plug fried chicken. We have laid it out, they, and now it's time for you to pick it up. I don't like fried chicken, but I love Quick Star's fried chicken. Oh, my it's gosh. So, good. so that's your free advertisement right there, Quick Star. Get at us. Uh, yeah. Okay. So back back on topic. Sorry, babe. <laughs> Book of Revelations, Old Testament, Leviticus. Mm-hmm. We're familiar. Uh, shout out to Tiki. That is her penis name. Leviticus. <laughs> you forgot about that? I don't forget. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Can we keep that in? I will keep that in. Go ahead. I, I am as lost as you are. <laughs> so our friend Tiki, really fast, basically growing up, this is like in seventh grade, we weren't good like normal kids. And <laughs> she claimed she had a penis and she would run around telling everybody his name was Leviticus. <laughs> That is and amazing. They, I think somebody named their cat Leviticus afterwards. That wasn't her, was it? I would hope not. No, her her cats are named Beasley and Halpert from the office. That might have been Linda that named their cat. I can't remember. Somebody named their cat after Tiki's penis, and that's, that's the only important thing. They're keeping the legend alive. Sorry about getting off topic. Anyway, Zach, <laughs> so you were talking about the revelations, and I am genuinely interested in what that entails. Either you or Nicole, could one of you please enlighten me? The revelations, the book of revelations is all about the second coming of Jesus and when, when like the devil comes and rules the world, like everyone that's religious gets taken. Okay, there's a American Dad episode where they all go up to heaven that are good, and then the, the rest of them rapture. are stuck. Yeah, that's called yes. the Rapture. I watch American that's, Dad, Nicole. That's, but that is a very gosh. Catholic. I just point thought, of view. I just thought it was guess, fictional. Just kidding. I I was born and raised Catholic, so oh, I don't okay. know any other. I was born and raised nothing. And I have slowly found my way to Christianity and then back out of Christianity. And now I'm currently back into it. And I'm hoping to stay that way. Would you consider yourself maybe non-denominational? Yes, I am non-denominational. And here's the thing. I don't see how I can't believe there's something else whenever I do believe in spirits. That's my main thing. If if spirits aren't too far-fetched, then what is too far-fetched? Yes. That's a good point. The Old Testament, I've never read, but it's before Jesus, I believe. It's a lot. That means B.C. Thank you. <laughs> it finally makes sense to me now. <laughs> that was um, that was the angry times for God when, mm-hmm. he was, when he was not too happy and lenient with humanity. Well, to be fair, he probably still isn't. <laughs> Think uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, raising of cities. So anyways, the rapture anyways. is part of the revelations, right? Or is the revelations the rapture, the cause of the rapture? The book of Revelations, so <laughs> the rapture is in the book of Revelations. Okay, I got you. But it's okay. not, okay, that's where I'm at. Yeah, there's a lot more to the book of Revelations, but okay. that's part of it. That, okay. That's for another That's for another episode. Uh, Melanie would probably do a really good job on it since she went to Catholic school her whole life. Honestly, if I ever get invited back to I Catholic school? 
<laughs> he got kicked out. <laughs> I believe it. I would have, yeah. Okay, so she, uh, Augusta, uh, would often preach about immorality of the world, the evil of drinking, and that all women were naturally promiscuous and instruments of the devil. Wow. So, great woman figure. That sets the tone. Yeah. She also would choose parts of the Bible uh, that concerned death, murder, and divine retribution when she was um, uh, preaching to them. Hmm. I mean, respectful. And what is what is her name? One more time. Augusta. Augusta, and this was part of the revolution. I. I th- <laughs> what? <laughs> Can we cut that out, please? <laughs> uh, no, that's. She would preach about all of this. Augusta's the mom's name. Oh, Augusta the mom. Okay, I got you. Augusta, Ed and Henry's mom, not in the book of Revelation. Got it. She openly hated her husband and would wish him dead in front of her children. Well, I think we've all been there. (laughs) George the husband and Ed's dad was an alcoholic and was unable to keep a job. He worked as a carpenter, tanner and insurance salesman. He also owned a local grocery shop, but sold the business to move to their farm in Plainfield, Wisconsin in 1915. Ed was nine years old when this happened. Mm. The farm was over 150 acres where the family lived in isolation. Augusta, enjoyed the isolation since she could avoid outsiders that would influence her sons. The boys only left the farm to attend school and would spend most of their time doing chores around the farm. Ed was noted as being a shy child and classmates and teachers recounted him as having strain, strange mannerisms. The only example I could find was that he would have random laughter and enjoyed laughing at his own jokes, but I don't think this is weird because I laugh at my own jokes all the time. Yeah, that seems pretty docile. It's weird to me. Everybody knows that I'm funny. I don't have to laugh at my own jokes. Oh, whatever. Well, yeah, we, we each are like the funniest person, right? When Ed would try to make friends, Augusta would punish him, so Ed never really had any friends. Ooh. He had poor social development, um, but he did overall, he did well overall in school. Um, He actually really loved reading and did really well with that. It may have been just like his only escape from reality. That's true. But we'll get into what he read. Okay, so on April 1st, 1940, George, Ed's father, died at 66 years old from heart failure due to the years of alcoholism. Ed was in his 30s at this point, and both Ed and Henry performed odd handyman jobs to uh, make up for the living expenses around the farm. The men were actually considered reliable and honest in the community, and Henry began dating a divorced mother of two and planned to move in with her, which, if you remember, his mom is a devout Lutheran, so I don't think this went over well. Not at all. Um, so... Henry, when he wanted to move in with his girlfriend, was very worried about his brother's attachment to their mother. When Henry spoke ill of his mother, Ed would respond completely shocked and hurt. He would be very defensive for her. He just, he always realized. I think Henry more resented his mom because of her being 
very stern and religious and um, condescending, really. Yeah, I, I think we could all probably uh, understand that sentiment. Yeah. And also be willing to bet that if this was all kind of, it sounds like religion is shoved down their throat. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet at some point he's the one that starts to resent his mom going Who? Ed. Nope. He loved his mom the entire he, time. Uh, yep. He loved his mom. Ooh. It was like a, it was like an attachment, a fixation. That's crazy yeah. that you can be such a religious mom and look up to such a religious figure and still go on to do whatever we're going to sh- hear about. Be a shit person. No, she yeah, was absolutely. horrible. She would like mock her children in front of them. Ooh. On May sixteenth, nineteen forty four, Henry and Ed were burning marsh vegetation on the farm. But the fire got out of control. So they ended up like separating to try to get this fire under control. And it was so out of control that the fire department actually noticed it and went on their own um, to the farm to go extinguish it. Well, you could probably see the smoke for miles. Yeah. Um, So Ed ran to them when they got on the property and said that he got separated from his brother when the fire got out of control. But... Ed led them right to his body. He knew exactly where they were. Oh, no. When he was asked about it, he just said, like, that's that's how it is. Like, he was like, oh, well, like. Yeah. So Henry was found laying face down and had been dead for a while. His cause of death was determined to be heart failure, and he was not burned at all, and he also was not injured. Later, it was reported that Henry had bruises on his head, but the police stated that they didn't suspect foul play. I know. No official investigation was ever done, and no autopsy was ever performed. Was there a reason given as to why? It was just written off as an accident? Mm -hmm. Even though he wasn't burned, yeah. No eyebrows were raised? Is there a way, if they didn't automatically notice something, a family can just... Request to not have the autopsy, right? Yeah, they so can. So if they didn't have a reason to believe that and the family didn't see a reason to get the autopsy done, I don't see why. Well, he had a heart to. failure in his family, so him dying of heart failure made sense. I'm, I'm just saying it seems kind of like a waste of money at that point. You know, you well, know what he was only 43 it. years old. You know what I'm saying, though. If he has heart failure, you know, you, you think you know what caused it. Right. Except for the bruises. But. <laughs> but later on, uh, when Ed gets, you know, down the road, when he gets caught with all of what he does, this gets brought up again. He swears that he didn't kill his brother, but a lot of people speculate. Suspicious. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little sus. It almost sounds like something that he just won't admit to himself. Probably. So Augusta ended up having a paralyzing stroke shortly after Henry died which led Gein to becoming her primary caregiver. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't call it karma. <laughs> <laughs> you just did. <laughs> that would be insensitive. Um, it was noted that he never left the house for social ga- gatherings and never dated anyone. There was an incident that Gein later disclosed from 1945. Um, <clears throat> this will go to show how ridiculous Augusta was. Augusta and Ed visited a man named Smith to buy straw. They witnessed Smith brutally beating a dog. A woman from inside his house came out yelling at Smith to stop, but Smith ended up beating the dog to death. Oh, my God. I know. 
Um, Augusta was really upset by this incident, but not due to the fact that they were attacking a dog. Instead, she was upset at the woman telling Ed that the woman wasn't married to Smith, so she had no business being there and referenced her as Smith's harlot, which is a prostitute. Absolutely zero chill. Augusta ended up having a second stroke and died on December 29th, 1945. She was 67 years old. I'm currently playing the world's smallest violin. (laughs) Um, Ed was absolutely devastated by her death. A lot of people say that this is the point where he kind of went insane, which I would argue he has always been insane. How old? What year is this? 1945. Okay. After Ed's mother passed, he boarded up all the rooms his mother used, including the upstairs, the downstairs parlor, and the living room. These rooms stayed completely untouched and were kept pristine. The rest of the house, however, became filthy, and Ed decided to live in a small room next to the kitchen. This has given me very much Bates Motel vibes. And I have no clue why. I'm just imagining I have a picture in my mind of just like a pristine room in in one area. And then you take a few steps through the threshold of the door. And then all of a sudden you're in a abandoned, possibly haunted house with a man, a strange man living in. What did you say? Where where was his room? Uh, off of the kitchen. Off it's a of, very small room so off the kitchen. The, like a pantry, almost like a pantry, yeah. I imagine. Like yeah. Harry Potter's little room. Under the, yeah, <laughs> under a the cupboard stairs. under the stairs, yeah. <laughs> and you just hope that you don't have some <laughs> bitch haunting you, you know? Like, like for instance, his mom. Like, she's probably in purgatory. She doesn't sound like a very good person. She's definitely not in purgatory. She I, is way down under. I, yeah, that, I imagine she's that from was the a deep south. decision. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. So you said something about Bates Motel? Yes. Do you know what Bates Motel is based off of? Yes, Psycho. What's Psycho based off of? It's based off of the Ed Gein. It's based off oh of Ed Gein. Oh my god. I was cheesing the whole time. Shit. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that. That was a nice poll for me. Huh? I know. Are you going to act surprised? <gasps> That's what we are. I was surprised when you said it. Okay, so over the years, Ed became, became interested in reading pulp magazines and adventure stories with a special interest in cannibals and nazis so eclectic (laughs) starting in 1951 he received farm subsidies from the federal government and would work occasionally for the local road and crop threshing crews to earn money ed also sold an 80 acre section of land that his brother owned um so this is how he made money to sustain living at the farm or killing dun, dun, dun. you don't make a living killing you can i mean like it just depends what you're you killing don't for a, you don't make any money unless you're harvesting their organs or unless you're harvesting. just killing them specifically for their money in their wallet oh that's that's right it's literally okay don't you people carry debit cards <laughs> this is- in the 40s <laughs> people carried like checks <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but you would have to, you'd have to, so you're, he's stealing their identities then. People carry deeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. I, true. There was, I guarantee <laughs> there was at that. least one person who was carrying a deed. Yeah. 
And then you'd have a property. People don't forget. <laughs> Which then you could sell for money. Yep. Back to you, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the morning of November 16th, 1957, Bernice Warden disappeared. She was the owner of a hardware store in their town. A resident reported that the store's truck had been driven from the back of the building around 9.30 a.m. Bernice Warden's son, Deputy Sheriff Frank Warden, came to the store around 5 p.m. and noticed that the cash register was missing and there was a blood trail going all the way to the back door. God, he didn't even try. Well, to be fair, he's been getting away with stuff for many, many years. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't think he really cared at this point. Oh, no, of course. He's completely just... I mean, basic signs of a sociopath. Yeah. Careless. I mean... Well, confident. So the evening before, Gein had been in the store and told Bernice that he was going to come back the next morning for a gallon of antifree- antifreeze. I never say that right. Um, It causes things not to get too cold. I know for- what it is. I just said I, I can't. <laughs> I can't pronounce it right. To support this, the last receipt written by Bernice was for antifreeze. 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 Thank you. Later that night, Gein was arrested at the West Plainfield Grocery Store. The Wakusa County Sheriff's Department went to search Gein's farm. In the shed, there was a decapitated body hung upside down by their legs with a crossbar at their ankle and ropes at their wrist. Ooh. That's um, gruesome. The torso was gutted like a deer. Oh. And all the mutilation was made post mortem. I was gonna say post postpartum. I mean, <laughs> if there's any positive to that story, it's that they didn't have to actually endure that while they're being alive. You know uh, yeah, gutted. Yeah, that would be horrible. While they're being alive. While they are alive. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, it's very weird that he did it afterwards, though. Or don't most people look for pain, a, or do they just look well, you for have people to, know to what go Ed, away? But it depends on what your motives are, but Ed Gein was very specific in what he liked, and a lot of it wasn't. A lot of it was after someone died. If I remember correctly, he was a taxidermist. He was a human taxidermist. Yes, but that's, I'm assuming that, is kind of why it plays in. Yeah. Okay. This person in the shed was Bernice Warden. But then the authorities searched the rest of the house and they found the following. Take a nice deep breath because this one is going to be a doozy. <laughs> We're both good now. Okay. They found whole human bones and fragments organs in jars, skulls made into soup bowls, a waste basket made out of human skin. Oh my god. Human skin covering several chair seats. How many bodies are we talking? Oh. I'll get to it Too though, many. a little bit more. Yeah. Skulls on his bedpost, female scums female scums on, on his bedpost. <clears throat> skulls on this his bedpost. This guy bed like to just sleep with skulls on his bedpost. Oh yeah. Makes sense. Uh, female skulls, some with the top sawed off. Oh. A corset made from female torso skinned from the shoulders to the waist. Leggings made from human leg skin. Masks made from skin of female heads. We'll talk about this victim later, but Mary Hogan's face 
as a mask in a paper bag. There you go. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Leatherface. They haven't like preserved these pieces, have they? Um, like once they were used as evidence, were they disposed of, oh, I hope? Um, that would actually be very I, interesting. I though. think most of it, yes, was disposed I of. I would hope because just imagine this, like a skin well, he put, suit. He of put a like human. salt on it too, so it would dehydrate. I well, yeah, but it's like preserved human skin. Mm-hmm. And I, after it was used as evidence, I would hope that it was just. There's a, at, at first, a lot of pictures online of at, all of these items. At first, I was going to say that it would be kind of cool in a museum. And then I think about it from a victim's family's perspective. Yeah, yeah. And it, it definitely wouldn't be. But it would definitely be cool to see some of the tools he used in a museum. Like some oh, the of the tool, yeah. original tools that he used all the way back then to I do think, this stuff. I think there is the... Um, the museum that Morgan went to in Vegas. I Zach think they Vegas. had, yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's the Zach Baggins uh, Museum of Horror mm-hmm. or Supernatural. I think they have some Ed Gein things there, like the like a a bowl or something that he used. No, I mean that that would be kind of cool though to see all the original instruments because they mm-hmm. he, they didn't have the stuff. I'm assuming. They didn't have the stuff that we have now. So I'm assuming a lot of it was razors. I mean, did I think he made a lot of it himself? The equipment itself? Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry to interrupt. It was Zach Baggins, the Haunted Museum. There you go. I know he would be be particular about the name. Mm -hmm. They also found Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack, Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's potbelly stove. This one's really rough. Nine vulvas in a shoebox. Yeah. Why vulvas? Is the mother fixation? Uh, Yes. So it's noted that Ed Gein always wanted to be a girl. He hated being a boy. Another nod at Bates Motel mm-hmm. slash Psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He always, like, struggled with it. And then also, like, his mom, like, the... Being completely obsessed. He also, like, would have, like, a whole, like, suit, and he would wear it around, and it was of a woman. So he would talk about someone who had a sex change in the Navy all the time. So people say that he was transgender, but I don't don't know. Here's one more question. Mm -hmm. Was he also an inspiration for Hannibal? I will get into all of this. Why are you doing all spoilers? Because I am putting the pieces together, and I honestly did not know any of this. But now that I know that he was an inspiration for Psycho, I wonder how many movies he is an inspiration for. And I'm excited a to lot. find out. Thank you. Um, I'll name a couple more. There the were way. also vulvas of underage girls, so that is rough. Uh there was a belt made from female human nipples, which I don't know why this one always gets me. Female human nipples? So did the nipple go through the hole and that was like the... I don't... That's exactly where my mind went. Jeez. That's messed up. I'm happy I want to know how many nipples there were. nobody else would stay with me for that. <laughs> this is horrifying. Uh, Yes. There were four noses, which I thought was odd because noses are just cartilage, so I don't understand. And slice it right off, I guess. I don't don't know. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstrings, a lampshade made from the skin of a human face, 
uh, and fingernails from female fingers. Were the I was going to ask, were these all female? M- yes, most of them most, were female. Mostly. I think so there were some. Just his entire house was decorated in human body parts. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he had a bowl um, that was made out of a human skull. That so he, he was would using like to eat. Right. Like he would eat his morning Cheerios out of. He ate Cheerios? Human head. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's absolutely disgusting. So all of these items were photographed and then decently disposed of. So, yes, they got rid of most things. Good. They There's a lot of pictures online of this, though, and it's pretty gross. I looked at one before, and I was like, that's disgusting. When he was questioned by the investigators, he told them that between 1947 and 1952, he made 40 visits to three local graveyards to exhume recently buried bodies, but he said that he was in a daze-like state. He would dig up graves that contained middle-aged women that resembled his mother, so he always had like this weird obsession with his mom. Ed took these bodies home and tanned their skins to make his crafts. I didn't know what else to call it. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's a good word. It's a uh, arts and crafts time. Yeah, at, at Gaines' house. Oh, oh, I guess we're making jokes. <laughs> a little bit of a hypocrite here, guys. That's a fun <laughs> thing to know about Nicole. Ed admitted to stealing from nine graves from local cemetery cemeteries. Authorities wanted to confirm Ed's statements and decided to look into three of the sites that Ed claimed he exhumed bodies from. Two of them were completely empty with one having a crowbar in place of a body. I don't know if this was on accident because I don't think he would like care to try to cover his tracks of like the weight of the coffin or whatever. It probably just tickled his fancy. He said, you know, I'd like to leave my crowbar here. (laughs) So he was showing them where he dug these people up. He he pointed out three of the sites that he. But not where the people were particularly, just the sites. What? You're saying he showed he showed where the sites were of people that he dug up, but not the actual bodies. Well, the bodies were in his house. I was confused because I didn't know if he brought them to his house to show them the bodies or if he only showed them like where we're they were. We're in the graveyard, I believe. Yeah, we're in the graveyard. They went to three grave sites. Where he exhumed the bodies. Mm-hmm. So the other site that they looked at um, Ed failed to open the casket fully, but most of the body was gone. Gein ended up returning rings and some body parts. Don't ask me why he like even bothered returning to put it back in the casket. Yeah, but he, so it wasn't for money. No, it wasn't Obviously, for money. Because, I mean, he could have easily sold those. And mm-hmm. Instead, he had enough yeah. thought of, oh, well, at least these deserve to be here. Like. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if he was as confident as we think he mm-hmm. was, I mean, surely it would be nothing for him to just like throw a human skull in the trash and then go on with his day. Yeah. So I wonder why he bothered to return them. I don't know. Maybe there was something off-putting to him about like uh, having a piece in there that he didn't like mm-hmm. that didn't match his collection. Oh, mm-hmm. he just doesn't. He doesn't like theft. That's it. He's literally stealing bodies. That was the joke. Oh, I'm sorry. After Augusta died, Gein started creating a woman's suit so that he could become his mother. Nod to Psycho. According to the Serial Killers podcast, Gein envied women as he wished he was one. 
Skeen denied having sex with any of the exhumed bodies because they, quote, smelled too bad. But many don't believe this. Um, a lot of people think he was a necrophiliac. He actually states multiple times that he was a virgin all the way until his death, which wouldn't surprise me with how religious his mom was and he Before, was not married. You know oh, his yeah. ass got punked in prison. People, no, hang on. Prisoners don't mess with that, man. You touch women, you touch a cop, you touch a kid. It's over. I mean, look at Jeffrey Dahmer. They literally shoved a broomstick up his ass. Yeah. That's, so that's I'm assuming that I'm assuming that Gain didn't die a virgin. <laughs> Probably just not how he wanted to lose it. Oof. To be honest with you, I mean, not to make a joke out of it, but he, I don't feel bad for him for in that in that sense. It's kind that's, of karma. That's on him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. During the questioning, Gein also admitted to shooting Mary Hogan. Uh, this woman was a tavern owner where he would often go, um, and she had been missing since 1954. Her head was found in Gein's house, and when asked, Gein had no memory of the details of her death, so he couldn't even So, quick recap. Recount. What year are we in right now, though, whenever they found all we this? We are in 1957. And this is 1954 that he killed her. Mm-hmm. So she's been missing for a while. It's absolutely Ooh. disgusting. And there were still body parts of her. Mm-hmm. Her whole head was in a burlap sack. Oof. I lied. I don't think it's a burlap sack. Hold on. It don't matter. Whatever. Well, kind of we oh, sorry. We get the imagery. Mary yeah. Hogan's face mask in a paper bag. So he oh. made a mask out of her face and then put it in a, had it in a bag. <clears throat> I almost wonder if she was like patient zero. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she was the first, yeah. the first one that he did that to, because he literally, I mean, his mom die. Can you imagine wearing the flesh of another human no. being? Just think of how crazy that sentence sounds. That's some stuff straight his, off of his hostile. mom died in 1945, so she went missing in 1954. I guarantee he was doing other stuff. Not to spoil, is he an inspiration for Hostile? No, he's not an inspiration for Hostel. Do you remember in Hostel, I think it's the third one, and the guy actually cuts off the guy's face as a mask and, and lays it over it? the man. No, he lays it over the mannequin. So the mannequin has a, a face mask. That might be a You dog. almost wonder if it that's a nod. It probably is. So Gein kept shrunken heads in his house and would tell people that they were relics from the Philippines sent by a cousin who served in World War II. After the investigation, it was determined that these shrunken heads had been human facial skins. I'm I'm really sorry, but it makes me think of Beetlejuice. Absolutely. The shrunken head. Or, oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So these human facial skins were peeled from corpses and used by Gein as masks. So he wore multiple masks of different people's faces. He was considered... As a, Considered a suspect in many other unsolved Wisconsin cases, including the 1953 disappearance of Evelyn Hartley, who was a lacrosse babysitter. You know what's even more weird is the fact he had to have only worn these faces in his own house. He would, yeah, he would like dance around the house mm -hmm, in his mom's mm -hmm. outfit wearing the face of a female. Yeah. And it was only female faces. Yeah, and then he he also made like a whole corset, so like there were yeah, like yeah. from the shoulders to the torso, the end of the torso. Disgusting. Yeah. During questioning, the Warcusa County Sheriff Art Shaley um, 
assaulted Gein by banging his head and face into a brick wall. Assaulted him just out of the blue? Uh, it was during questioning. I don't. I think he was trying to get answers out of him. Oh, yeah. So, there you go. Gein walks, right? So Gein's first confession was inadmissible in court. There we go. Yeah. It was forced. Uh, Shaley died of heart failure at the age of 43 in 1968, which I don't know why everyone's dying of heart failure around this guy. Yeah, strange. I thought that was really weird, but um, it was before Gein's trial that he died. Friends and family said he was traumatized by the horror of Gein's crime and feared having to testify, which caused his death. So I can believe it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look it up, though, I almost wonder if heart disease was such a bigger death. Like, I bet they just kind of assumed that if you died randomly, it was or heart disease. Or we didn't have the medications yeah. to... Right. America didn't just get fat. <laughs> like, we. I mean, heart disease there. is still leading cause of death. November 21st, 1957, he was charged with one count of first-degree murder and pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Gein was diagnosed with schizophrenia and found mentally incompetent and unfit for trial. So he was sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Uh, this was a maximum security facility, and he was later transferred to Mendota State Hospital. In 1968, the doctors determined that Gein was mentally stable for trial, and it began November 7, 1968. Uh, the trial lasted one week, and a psychiatrist testified that Gein told him that he did not know whether killing Bernice Warden was intentional or accidental. He said that he was examining a gun in the store and the gun went off and killed Warden. After trying to load a bullet into the rifle, it discharged. He said he was not aiming at Warden, but he didn't remember anything else from the morning. So 1959, right? Or 1958? We're in 1968 right Sorry, now. sorry. He was, but this is all back in 1954. 1957, was, I think. No. no, the original crime was 1954, and then they found it in 1957. You said the the one of Mary. Yeah, whatever. yeah. Um, so that means he was probably what 59 years or 59 years old was, at the time of the trial. I mean, he barely had to serve any time in was, prison. Well, he was born in 1906, and this is 1968. So he's 62. I think he's 62. He got out of prison. No. What are you? I'm saying he barely had to. He barely had to serve any time. Yeah, because he, he was already, already 62. He was already whenever. Old. Oh, yeah, like he lived his whole life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The defense requested Gein's trial to not have a jury, and they had Judge Robert H. Goldman. Gein was found guilty by Golmar on November 14th, and then they had a second trial for. Gein's sanity. So the there was testimony by doctors for the prosecution and defense, and Golmar ruled Gein not guilty by reason of insanity. He ordered him to Central State Hospital for the criminally insane, and Gein spent the rest of his life in a mental hospital. Okay. Now, not justifying what he did, but if there's any case that kind of justifies a mental hospital or a mental facility commitment... There was definitely some mental stuff going on there. Now, he was definitely oh, sure. insane. Some? Now, well, however, he should have been held for his actions. That's that's my own yeah. thing. But there was definitely 
he was insane. Like, there's no way of going about that. You like, can't you can't walk around wearing the flesh of someone or decorating be, your entire house. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I think his schizophrenia also stemmed from not having his mom around anymore. I think that was a big trigger. Yeah, and again, I'm not trying to justify it. I'm saying I kind of see why the judge went that way. Is oh because yeah. Th- I mean, that's your that's I, your bread and butter. That is your case of insanity. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could even begin to imagine the reality that this person lived in in their own minds and their like shattered psyche yeah i mean yeah it's just crazy i mean truly it is i would not want to be any part of this case can you imagine how traumatized everyone has to be from it yeah even the people even me right now like <laughs> just listening to these details it's like why can you yeah. imagine being why I almost wonder if he... It makes you... And it doesn't make anybody worse or better, but I almost wonder if he still has family out there. Mm Mm-mm. No, it ended with him? It ended with him, yeah. What what this really makes me think about is, um, in a a supernatural sense, to Mm -hmm. tie in another fun world, demons, you know, like the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. What you would think of as the devil, because you can't... Who else could come up with something like this? I don't know. It is pure insanity, but manifested by this this man with uh, just a fixation on his mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and I don't know, like, if you believe in some form of purgatory, but, like, all these souls that he disrupted are just, like, stuck. See, and I have a hard time believing in purgatory because just because isn't that more of a Catholic? It's a Catholic term, but I mean, like, they're just, they can't, their souls are trapped. They I, can't I, go I anywhere. believe it's I, just the idea of like a middle place. I mm-hmm. believe in purgatory or not purgatory. I believe that your soul can get trapped and yeah. on earth, which is purgatory, I guess. But I don't believe that we should have to worry that everybody hasn't done enough to where they're not out of purgatory. I, I, right. I have a hard time thinking that. If you're a really good person throughout your life, you live your life, even if you're not living it by the Bible, but you're living your life to the fullest as a decent person, I don't see why you'd be forced to stay behind. That's part of Dante's Inferno. Okay. Well, it's purgatory. Okay. Well, regardless, this is my thought. because uh, I'm not saying anything's wrong Yeah, no, 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 no. And I, I get that. I'm just saying it's more of like a comfort thought for me, I guess. I because think- otherwise, after everybody died, that'd be my main thing. I'd be so worried that everybody's stuck in purgatory. Well, you know, in Catholicism, you continue to pray for your loved ones so that that's how they get out of purgatory. Yes. I actually remember that your grandma still does. Mm -hmm. She pays for um, masses to be dedicated to my grandpa. So he, if he's stuck in purgatory, she can get him out. I get it. I 100% because she's Catholic Mm -hmm. and um, I, I I would do the same thing if it was my, if it was like, one of my hardcore beliefs that purgatory that he could be stuck in purgatory or that you could be stuck there. I'd pray every single night. I'd do whatever I mm-hmm. could. And yeah, that's, that's kind of why I think about purgatory the way I do. It's just kind of a terrifying concept. It is really scary, but all these souls are now disrupted. Like I am curious if there's any, I would like to add that this is a perfect, uh, spooktober episode. It really is. I mean, it's, it's too it's the eve of Halloween, <laughs> Hallow's Eve. Um, I don't want to date the podcast, but 
it uh it really is good timing nicole mm-hmm. um because this was a truly horrifying story we're not done <laughs> we're almost done but we're not done <laughs> so does that said well, no no it doesn't end with him just being locked up in the mental asylum and i mean kind if, of if we didn't oh, okay, already sorry. say Zach does have Poncheros waiting for him. Oh my know, god! No, we don't need to put and that in the totally podcast. And we totally understand. It's only eight minutes after. No, you're f- it's fine. No, we, we understand, man. Poncheros is Poncheros. Poncheros is bussing. Gein's property was appraised at four thousand seven hundred dollars, which in twenty twenty one that would be equal to forty four thousand dollars. So this property, oh. like, was not worth that much. It's, no, dude. Well, can Which you is imagine? crazy because there's so many, there's so much land. I, it was 155 acres and then he sold 80 of it. It's because so. of what happened though. I mean like. I know. Now I'm the psychopath that if I had <laughs> that money, it. I'd go buy it because I, I love. I bet a lot of people would buy it. Yes, because I love, I, I love paranormal. One mm-hmm. of my things, one of my dreams is to go do a, a ghost hunt at like a, a prison, a haunted mm-hmm. prison, a haunted nope. hospital. What would you do? Psych ward. What would you do with the property? I'd probably sell it <laughs> after <clears throat> after doing my investigation. <clears throat> oh, okay. And if okay. it's as messed up as you guys are saying it is, I'd be willing to bet. I'd give it probably six months. I'd have plenty of time to come up with my consensus, and, and then ho- I'd sell it. And hopefully no attachments. Yes, and I'd probably sell it for half off with the understanding that they have to take the spirit with them. Yes. Yep. Um, but no, it actually, it would be cool for 40 some thousand dollars, like $44,000. Even yeah. if I didn't even like, I wouldn't live there. Obviously that wouldn't be my purpose. I would turn that thing into, it comes with soup bowls. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm making jokes. Well, regardless, I wouldn't live there. I just think it'd be but a good investment, I guess. As from a what were the spoons made out of bone? I'm assuming his possessions were scheduled to be auctioned on March 30th, 1958. However, early morning on March 20th, the house dis- was destroyed by a fire. Whoa. Yeah. I but, mean, okay, but what possessions was... I mean, it sounds like everything was made out of skin. There's just a lot of strange coincidences. I assume yes. you can't make a TV out of skin. Like, you know, but... Well, it was also 1958. TVs existed. I know, but it was like a, a nice old it box was a TV. Um, so there was a garbage fire that had been set 75 feet from the house by a cleaning crew. Arson was suspected, but the cause of the fire was never officially determined. When Gein found out about the fire, he shrugged saying just as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like this is, this is his whole house with like connections with his mom and everything. And he just like, doesn't care. Which also means there's probably more in that house to find. It's or he it. has stashes other other no, places. I'm saying, do you think there was still things to find there? And he was just like, oh, well, it burnt now. What if we were uh-huh. so focused on this one house this entire time that we've oh overlooked? My God. Like there's like a nice uh, bunker underneath the farm. Yeah. You, you never terrifying. know. You don't I, wa- know. I wonder if this like property is still like haunted at all. Maybe those were his prototypes. And his, like, perfection, his piece of art that he had worked years on crafting was hidden somewhere else. And no one's found it yet. Like, the perfect that is skin terrifying. suit. The perfect skin suit. I feel like Zach might have it. Because <laughs> he has a lot of knowledge about this. Uh, I'm sponging. 
his <laughs> 19... His 1949 Ford sedan was used to haul bodies of victims. It was sold at a public auction for $760, which is um, now $7,100, to a carnival sideshow operator named Bunny Gibbons. My man. (laughs) He would charge carnival goers 25 cents to see this car. So he turned a profit. Very quickly. I get yes. it. Um, Good investment, actually. Carnival and everything. Like, I that's know. That's a perfect location for it. Yeah. So Ed Gein died at the Mendota Mental Health Institute due to respiratory failure secondary to lung cancer. On July 26, 1984, he was 77 years old. And probably a very unremarkable death. He lived older than every single person. His parents both died in their 60s. His brother died in his 40s. You know, I actually wish that he lived to 100 just because I don't believe he spent enough time. I, I don't. Even I don't though it was a mental either. facility, it's not. they're still not meant to be pleasant. Yeah. They're, they're meant, from my understanding, they're meant to be more punishment, however punishment deemed from insanity, not... Yeah, like a not like a free ride. You don't get an apartment and all this stuff, you know. Oh, it's still going to be not good. Yeah, I mean, this country has a very bad track record with mental health. But that's I'm saying, very true. You know, what was that? Uh, maybe fifteen years in a mental facility. I, I mm-hmm. that is not enough. <laughs> yeah, sixty-eight to seventy-seven. It was he like ten years. This was all without consequence, basically. I mean, aside mm-hmm. from the very end of his life, which he wasn't going to live much longer anyways. It's crazy. Uh, according to his mother's beliefs, I mean, he would uh, have an eternity of suffering awaiting him, though. That is, that is very true. Except they were all women who... He had to find a way back to his mom. Well, that too, but like... Well, yeah, that's true. But like, he, <laughs> his mom always preached that women were just like horrible. So... It makes sense that he did it to women. He was probably purifying them in a way in his mind. Yeah. So souvenir seekers chipped pieces from his gravestone in Plainfield Cemetery in Wisconsin. And the whole stone was stolen in 2000. It was recovered in 2001 near Seattle, Washington. And it is now placed in storage at the county sheriff's department. The gravesite is still unmarked, but is not unknown. He is in between his parents and his brother in the cemetery, so people still go to see his cemetery spot. Well, that's very nice. Very nice of those people. Oh, we're we're talking like tourists, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, I was like, yeah, his extended family always goes. No, no, like no. Places, roses. These are, yeah, these are pe- like true crime. Yeah, okay. I would probably Enthusiasts. No, I mean, even just the idea of, like, wanting to go see this person. It's just grave. the idea of I think that it, he's right under you. It's the idea you're that you're six feet away from this monster. I think it also makes it a little more real. It does. Like, we can talk about a story all day, but when you so, see, like, his mom. I don't mom, want this to be real. <laughs> when, when you see his mom and his brother and his dad's headstone, you're like, holy hell, this actually happened. I was just about to ask, do they still have their headstones? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm surprised people don't mess with those. I'm really, I really I am. know because people are shitty and they'd go after, I mean like fuck his mom. It sounds like his dad's really, I mean his dad and his brother, his brother was super young 
and his dad. And I don't blame his brother for maybe, resenting his mom. Maybe it's protected. I mean, possibly, but also you just kind of hope people, you know, if you're going to mess with anybody, mess with Ed Gaines mm-hmm. and his mom. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see why you should mess with the other two unless I, I absolutely miss something. It sounds like his dad was an alcoholic. His dad but... was an alcoholic, but that doesn't make you a bad Listen, person. Listen, if I was married to Augusta. I'd be an alcoholic. Oh, too. absolutely. I've been doing a bunch of crack and everything, but I mean, like you got to get away from it somehow, but still, I mean, it's pretty crazy. They still granted him the wish of being buried next to his family. Yeah. I, I, I think that's even too much. Dead bodies have more rights than women. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's uh, disgusting. <laughs> Truly. So Ed Gein had an incredible influence on pop culture. We already talked about a couple of them. Uh, the biggest one was Robert Bloch. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, 1959, his novel Psycho, which then was made into a film in 1960. His story is loosely adapted into many films, including Deranged, In the Light of the Moon, Ed Gein, The Butcher of Plainfield, Ed Gein, The Musical, which I really need to watch Ed Gein, The Musical. I'm interested. And also... <laughs> I would have been able to tell you that he inspired those movies. You, Movie night. Are you ready for the, the last one? Did I guess it yet? Oh, no. No. Rob Zombie's films, House of a Thousand Corpses, and oh, I can see De- it. The Devil's Rejects. I can oh, see it. Yeah. Be- because him. of the fucked up house and the fucked up mm-hmm. family. Yeah. And they and I think he might have like had some cannibalism tendencies, and so does the family. And but you know what's House crazy? House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, I mean, yeah, he had the heart right next to the stove, but... Mm-hmm. What's great, it's it's insane that, like, so many movies have portrayed this, but none of yeah. us have noticed except for Leatherface until you actually think right. about it. And then you're like, yeah, Rob Zombie definitely thought, like, yeah. you know what? The yeah. number one person, one of the most well-known names in the history of serial killers is Ed Gein. People mm-hmm. think he's Leatherface, but there's so many differences, too. I mean... He didn't. Well, they took different um, aspects of what he did to, to influence other. Yeah. And that's why people just say that Leatherface is Ed Gein. That's not the case, but it's very similar. He mm. did the same thing that mm-hmm. Ed Gein did. I don't. Did Ed Gein ever have any association with the chainsaw? I don't they, think they so. Never, they never because, mentioned it. Because yeah. he had, he did taxidermy stuff, so he wouldn't have ever used a chainsaw. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. So that's where. Hollywood comes in and mm-hmm. they kind of just change it up. So right. they can make, and it's a fantastic movie. I mean, it's disgusting, but yeah, um, it's just, it's what I was going to say. It's crazy. Cause if you look at the movie, his entire family's crazy. His brother's still alive, stuff like that. And like I said, I get Leatherface is based off of it, mm-hmm. but you would think that Leatherface would have been more of like a psycho religious mother. And well, now that's, is there, a, is there a remake coming out or like a reimagining? Oh, oh, of Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre? Dude, I thought I, I they've, don't know. they've done like six of them. But no, I, you would think that, that that would be more into it. And mm-hmm. but now that you said that, yeah, I, I guess his mom wasn't super religious in Psycho, though, was she? I don't think so. I no. think she was just very possessive. and She was very possessive. Yeah. And also, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I think of Norman Bates, like the Bates Motel. I think yeah. of that more than Psycho. Well, if you think about it too, the show Bates Motel makes sense because his brother in Bates Motel absolutely resents his mom, mm-hmm. and yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Yes, it does. I think it's really scary when horror movies are based on 
legitimate reality. Yeah, I think it's scary that people think this is fake stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Hellraiser, that's fake. Nobody's, well, as far as right now, I hope nobody's coming through. I forgot we had dogs. That noise just kicked <laughs> shit out of me. Um, as far as, like, Hellraiser, like, nobody's hopefully coming through a portal, but... Like, serial killer movies, almost every single one is going to be based off something. Mm -hmm. You think these directors don't research it and see how serial killers think, and they don't get these ideas from people. But, I mean, in reality, think of a serial killer that you can't relate to a real-life killer, and I I bet you you can't come up with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ed Gein was also the inspiration for many fictional serial killers, including Norman Bates, Leatherface, Buffalo Bill. Oh, Hannibal yeah. Lecter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't those that, movies are yeah, based. Yeah, that is Hannibal. Yeah, you asked me earlier. Well, it's it's uh, Silence of the Lambs, yeah. which yeah. moves on to yeah. Hannibal, I believe. Hannibal yeah. Lecter, yeah. Yep. And and Buffalo Bill. Um, And we, do you remember when he danced around? Like a pretty lady. Yeah. And they make fun of it in, what movie is that? Like oh, a that pretty is really cool. lady. Connecting all the dots now. I think they make yeah. fun. Of, I think they make fun of it in scary movies. Probably of one some, of, them, yeah. of some sort. Because he's like, I'm dancing around like a pretty little lady. And then um, Doctor Oliver Threadson in American Horror Story Asylum. I don't remember this person. Wasn't he the um, plastic surgeon? Did they have a plastic? Surgeon? I do not remember. I remember no, him it wasn't taking a plastic. Surgeon. I didn't think it was an asylum. I thought there was another season of American Horror Story where they. Based someone off of Ed Gein, but no, no, it was a uh, the abortion doctor, wasn't it? That's what I wasn't thinking. Plastic surgery. I you're gonna uh, think that the out, abortion doctor is Doctor Death, right? Or not Doctor Death? That's a that's from the first one. Right? I know you're fine. Real quick though, was it was it the same doctor as the one I'm thinking of? Because that's the only I one I can think of in in Asylum. I have no clue. Anyways, go on. Sorry. So that is the story of. Ed Gein. Nice. That's like very unsettling. It is. Yeah. That was probably like for me going into it, not knowing um, the whole story. Like, cause I, I've seen uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. but um, I never, I, I didn't know like the backstory. Yeah. Uh, everything that led up to Leatherface, Ed Gein himself. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it really is terrifying. It is. To think that these things exist in our world, yeah. you know? And it, it's not just a story. Yeah, and you did a great job explaining it, but it's one of those stories where I, it doesn't feel like, I don't feel like my need to know is, I don't know how to say it, fulfilled, I guess? Like, I feel like, like there's still so much left on the bone, Oops. like, that we just don't know because... No Ed, pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. And I was the one that was that warned. That was amazing. Not, yeah, the stuff that I'm warned not to say, and then she goes on and says it. Says it. Ugh. Anyways, um, anyways, I just think that uh, <laughs> there's so much more like left to know about I'm sure Ed there Gein, is. but he died pretty young compared. I mean, pretty old for his family, but still pretty young. And I feel like there was, if he would have known he was gonna die, let's say he was on death row. Something like that. I feel like people are more inclined to talk because at that point they're like, I'm screwed. He actually was interviewed by people who are making films and they were like going to do a whole thing on it. So he did talk very closely to certain people. That's disgusting. Yeah. 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 So thank you, Dakota and Zach, for joining me. Thank you to all the listeners. 
who uh, will hopefully soon be rocking some really cool new bumper stickers. Absolutely. I hope so. Top 10 or first 10 people to message us. Top 10. Message us with. Well, they will be the top 10, though. Yep. Message us with your address. Um, We'll let you know if you're within the top 10. Uh, Once I get those top 10, I will go ahead and order those and get those out to you. It might be a little bit. Um, I'm not going to order them prematurely right now, but. Once I get some interest, yeah, let's let's do it, and we can get some advertisement going for this yeah. show. Yeah, so you can email us at aestheticallydispleasingpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Aesthetically Displeasing and on Instagram at Aesthetically Displeasing Pod. Thank you. Please go rate us, review us. Not based off this episode, though. Thanks, guys. (laughs) It's not you, Nicole. It's us. But thank you for having me, and I will see you in bed. Thank you for having (laughs) me as well. It's been a wild ride. Yes. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.